Welcome to the Center for Investment Excellence, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. The Center for Investment Excellence is an audio podcast that provides educational insights across asset classes and investment themes. Today's episode is on the Fed, growth, and which is right, the stock market or the bond market, and has been recorded for institutional and professional investors. I'm David Lebowitz, global market strategist and host of the Center for Investment Excellence. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we want to talk a little bit about what's been going on with economic growth. We want to talk a little bit about what's been going on with the Fed. And then I want to talk about who's right, the stock market or the bond market, and what we think that that means for asset allocation. Taking stock of where we are broadly, the economic data has not been great. Global manufacturing activity based on the PMIs has slipped below the key 50 level, indicating contraction. Meanwhile, services are holding in there a little bit better, but the combination of a disappointing jobs report in May, a deceleration in services activity according to the PMIs, it basically feels like you're seeing the global economy come under a bit of pressure due to what's gone on over the past couple of months with respect to trade and uncertainty more broadly. And given where we sit, at the current juncture, you know, the big risk remains that the weakness in manufacturing and investment spending begins to manifest itself on the other side of the ledger. It begins to show up in weaker labor report numbers. It begins to show up in weaker services activity, a deceleration in things like retail sales. And while we're not seeing that quite yet, that is what we're keeping an eye on from an investment standpoint. And the June payroll report obviously provided some relief with 224,000 jobs added last month. Generally speaking, that gives us a little bit more confidence that things aren't slip sliding away, perhaps as much as they may have felt like they were back in May. But we are very cautious at the current juncture. But we've been focused on this uncertainty driven by lack of resolution on trade, You know, a tough outlook for nominal demand. It's really difficult to gauge where the economy is headed going forward. And all of this has come together and led the Federal Reserve to make a pretty dovish pivot over the past couple of months. You know, it started at the beginning of this year, and then the forecasts were revised at both the March and the June meeting. It does feel like there's a rate hike coming between now and the end of the year, possibly even two rate hikes. And we're really thinking about these as insurance cuts. Now, I've been having a lot of conversations with investors about what the Fed will do versus what the Fed should do. And I think that that's an important distinction for us to make. You know, everybody has an opinion on what the Fed should do. My taxi driver this morning was telling me what he thought Jay Powell should do when the Fed convenes at the end of this month. But frankly, you know, what I think, what my taxi driver thinks, it's irrelevant. You know, should the Fed cut rates? I don't really think they need to. I think potentially they could bring forward balance sheet reduction, halt that process, start reinvesting at the end of this month. That buys them a little bit more time to determine whether it's really prudent to cut rates. But as Chairman Powell shared in his testimony to Congress this past week, you know, it does feel like there's a rate cut in the cards and it feels like that first rate cut is likely coming at the end of this month. With all of that being said, you look at capital markets today, you've got the S&P, which touched 3,000 earlier this week in intraday trading. You've got a 10-year Treasury yield sitting just above 2%. And the question that we deal with in that environment is, okay, so who's right, the stock market or the bond market? 
You know, 2% treasury yields don't instill a lot of confidence about the economic outlook. Meanwhile, investors that are willing to pay 17 times forward earnings and have bid the S&P 500 up to a level of nearly 3,000, those are very different outlooks from where we sit. And on this one, I frankly think the stock market has got it right. I started my career focusing on fixed income, and I'm usually a bond market leads, equity market follows kind of guy. But I think the bond market's got this one wrong. You know, I'm not expecting terribly robust economic growth. I'm not expecting inflation to accelerate unexpectedly. But what I am expecting is that the consumer is going to continue to provide support. The weakness in manufacturing should lead this global expansion to bend and not break. And as a result, we do think that we'll see moderate growth here over the next 12 months. So while the stock market from a valuation standpoint certainly makes me feel a bit uncomfortable, and I think that if the Fed doesn't follow through, On the three rate hikes that are currently priced into the market, you could see some wind come out of the sales and perhaps, you know, a bit of a correction in equity prices alongside a re-rating in interest rates, which would need to go higher if the Fed, in fact, does not cut three times. You know, despite the risk that we see on the horizon for a short-term pullback in risk assets and a re-rating in treasury yields, we're not terribly concerned that the end of the cycle is lurking right around the corner, but rather are focused on what all of this means for portfolios. So when we think about what it means for portfolios, again, three rate hikes priced into the market, 10-year treasury yields sitting around 2%. The question for investors is, do you really want to add duration? Do you really want to add high-quality long-term fixed income at current levels? The answer may be yes, and it really depends on your Fed view. You know, if you think the Fed's going to cut three times this year and perhaps continue that process into 2020, buying bonds at 2% on the 10-year makes sense. But if you don't think that the Fed is going to go three or more times and you think that they may pause after a couple insurance cuts later this year, then you're looking at a market that is frankly a bit expensive relative to what will end up materializing. And in that type of world, given how flat the yield curve is, I think that you can own high quality assets of a shorter duration, clip a similar type of coupon and not take on that interest rate risk that you would in longer duration fixed income instruments. On the equity side, you know, we expect volatility this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see a 10% correction in the next couple of months as markets price in a somewhat uncertain and weaker earnings outlook than they've had to deal with in quite some time. But again, we see this expansion continuing. We think that there's room for stocks to continue to rise, but we want to have a little bit more insulation. We want to pad our portfolios to an extent by focusing more on income. That's led us to sectors like financials in particular, where you get a pretty healthy dividend yield, the potential for capital appreciation. And while financials tend to be more cyclical assets, if interest rates do re-rate higher on the back of a Fed that doesn't cut three or more times, we think you'll see some benefit among the banks as well. Thinking about parts of the equity market that we want to avoid, similar to our view of long-duration fixed income, when you look at what's gone on in the utilities and consumer staples sector, valuations are rich. These areas have rallied hard as rate expectations have built over the course of this year. Again, we don't want to be in that purely defensive camp of the equity market. 
But we also don't want to be on the highly cyclical side, owning things that don't provide us with much income and have return streams that have historically been driven by capital appreciation. So that leads us to a more balanced approach within equities, focusing on what we like to call cyclical value. You're maintaining some exposure to the upside, but you're providing a bit of protection if the market should get choppy through that healthy dividend yield that some of the more cyclical value sectors are able to provide. And then finally, I would be remiss to not mention alternatives. Things like infrastructure and other real asset strategies can help diversify portfolios during periods of uncertainty and market stress. And while there are risks building in the private equity and the private credit universe, and I would implore you all to listen to our next episode where I interview Brad DeMong, one of the private credit portfolio managers here at JP Morgan, we do see opportunities in those spaces. We're gravitating away from direct lending. We're not terribly focused on mega buyout strategies in the PE space, but those smaller middle market deals still do look appealing. On the private credit side, you're obviously getting a healthier coupon, and on the private equity side, you stand to potentially benefit and derive a return which is above and beyond what's available in the public markets. So lots to chew on at the current juncture. The question for us is what will the Fed do, not what should the Fed do, and it looks like there are rates coming. So we think portfolios should be positioned accordingly, and Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Center for Investment Excellence. Thank you for joining us today on JP Morgan Center for Investment Excellence. CFA Institute members are encouraged to self-document their continuing professional development activities in their online CE tracker. If you found our insights useful, you can find more episodes on iTunes and on our website. Recorded on July 11th, 2019. For the purposes of MIFID II, the JPM Market Insights and Portfolio Insights programs are marketing communications and are not in scope for any MIFID II MIFIR requirements specifically related to investment research. Furthermore, the JP Morgan Asset Management Market Insights and Portfolio Insights programs, as non-independent research, have not been prepared in accordance with legal requirements designed to promote the independence of investment research, nor are they subject to any prohibition on dealing ahead of the dissemination of investment research. This content is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction. Nor is it a commitment from J.P. Morgan Asset Management or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples used are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision, and it should not be relied upon by you in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make an independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, tax, credit, and accounting implications and determine, together with their own professional advisors, if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only, based on certain assumptions and current market conditions, and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results. 
JP Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of JP Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. To the extent permitted by applicable law, we may record telephone calls and monitor electronic communications to comply with our legal and regulatory obligations and internal policies. Personal data will be collected, stored, and processed by JP Morgan Asset Management in accordance with our company's privacy policy. For further information regarding our regional privacy policies, please refer to the MEA Privacy Policy. For locational Asia-Pacific privacy policies, please click on the respective links. Hong Kong Privacy Policy, Australia Privacy Policy, Taiwan Privacy Policy, Japan Privacy Policy, and Singapore Privacy Policy. This communication is issued by the following entities. In the United Kingdom by J.P. Morgan Asset Management UK Limited, which is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. In other European jurisdictions by J.P. Morgan Asset Management Europe, SARL. In Hong Kong by J.F. Asset Management Limited, or J.P. Morgan Funds Asia Limited, or J.P. Morgan Asset Management Real Assets Asia Limited. In Singapore by J.P. Morgan Asset Management Singapore Limited, co-reg number 197601586K or J.P. Morgan Asset Management Real Assets Singapore Private Limited, co-reg number 201-120-355E. In Taiwan, by J.P. Morgan Asset Management Taiwan Limited. In Japan, by J.P. Morgan Asset Management Japan Limited, which is a member of the Investment Trusts Association, Japan, the Japan Investments Advisors Association, Type II Financial Instruments Firms Association, and the Japan Securities Dealers Association and is regulated by the Financial Services Agency, Registration Number, Kanto Local Finance Bureau, Financial Instruments Firm, Number 330. In Australia, to wholesale clients, only as defined in Sections 761A and 761G of the Corporations Act 2001, CTH, by J.P. Morgan Asset Management Australia Limited, ABN 5514383280, AFSL 376919, in Brazil, by Banco J.P. Morgan S.A., in Canada, for institutional clients' use only by J.P. Morgan Asset Management Canada, Incorporated, and in the United States, by J.P. Morgan Distribution Services, Incorporated, and J.P. Morgan Institutional Investments, Incorporated, both members of FINRA, and J.P. Morgan Investment Management, Incorporated. In APAC, distribution is for Hong Kong, Taiwan, Japan, and Singapore. For all other countries in APAC, to intended recipients only. Copyright 2019 J.P. Morgan Chasing Company, all rights reserved.